Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our home. My name is Joni, um, along with my husband, John. We have the privilege of leading the whole Vineyard Church. It's such a joy to have you here, especially if this is your first time. You are especially welcome. For the rest of you guys tuning in, it's so good to have you. Um, we miss all of your faces, but at this time, this is where we are. And again, we're so, so glad that you've come. So before I begin, um, I'm carrying on the talk that John started in the series, Breaking Open the Black Box. Um, and today, I want to bring a couple of things to the table. But before we start, um, let's just pray. Father, would you come? Would you come now and just be with us? Let the words that I have to say from you just do what you have intended for them to do. Speak what you have intended them to say. Father, let anything that is not of you just fall away. Would your grace come? Would your peace come? Be with us, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So guys, if you have your Bibles, just grab it. Um, if you want to open it up to Philippians um, chapter 4, it's in the New Testament, so towards the back of the Bible. And I just want to read a couple of verses here, really, that I'm going to be talking about. Um, let's start in verse 6, and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So guys, I just wanted to talk a bit about where we are. Um, in times of crisis, we seek to find the answer to the question, well, what can we do about all of this? What, if anything, can be done? And I think once the initial shock wears off, um, and we start to accept that this is how things are going to be for a little while. You know, and when we've had these restrictions placed upon us as to where we can go and who we can see, we start to think about what can we do to make the most of the situation? What can we do to help others? What can we do in this time of so much of what we can or cannot do that's dictated to us? And I think that God would have us use this time effectively for prayer and for purpose. So those are the two things I want to talk about this morning. You know, wherever we find ourselves amidst this pandemic, I really feel that the very best starting point is from a place of prayer. I'd say we are now praying a lot more than we were just a couple of months ago. And that's wonderful. As a pastor, this is my heart for you. We reflect a lot on this time. And one thing that both John and I would want and tell you as pastors is we would hope that out of all of this trial and mess that the church would lean in even more to prayer. Long prayers, short ones, constant ones, intercessory ones, middle of the night ones, they all count. And to quote C.S. Lewis, he says, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God, it changes me. That's so wonderful. I love that perspective. And one of the things that I have found that changes within me as I pray is not only my perspective, but as I pray, I am once again brought back to that peace 
that passes all understanding. Again, in Philippians 4, 6 to 7, it says, In everything, by prayer, in supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's one of the very best bits, I think, of this upside down kingdom is Jesus's peace that he gives us. This peace that follows us. It's with us when we wake up. It's with us in the middle of the night. It is with us between the hours of 4 to 7 p.m. Hello, parents. It is with us continually. You know, God has already given us the tools to remain at peace. And I just want to say that God doesn't tell us that the storms of life will just stop instantly, all tied up, neat, with a bow. No, actually, Jesus tells us in John 16 to be certain that we will face trials and that in this world you will have trouble. But he doesn't stop there. He leaves us with those subsequent calming words, take heart, I have overcome the world. You know, when we retain this eternal perspective, the things of this life, this world, seem so temporary. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it is painful. But it won't last. We are promised a wonderful eternity. I think that in times of trial and testing, yes, we are all in this together, but we are not all facing the exact same set of circumstances. Sure, there are commonalities. However, aside from our outward differences in circumstances, we all carry very different things internally, which greatly affect our ability to cope and indeed how we cope. We have all experienced very different life circumstances currently and historically, which affect our current behaviour. Again, one of the very best things I think about the local church is our ability to help one another. Our ability to help not only the body, but the opportunity to help those in our local area, our city and beyond. I'm not sure how things were for you growing up, but for me, when I faced adversity, say I'd had a rough day at school or work or something like that, all I wanted to do was to retreat home. All I wanted to do was to go somewhere familiar where I was loved and I could get help where I needed it. My needs were met, and I met the needs of others. You know, as John and I set out our vision earlier this year, we spoke about how very much we see the church as a home for this city, a place where we can look out across this city and where we are seeing the needs met, physical, emotional, spiritual needs, and more. The church is what we were made for. In times of adversity, we as a local church are very much looked to, to help. This is our ethos and this is our call. And this will be our love in action to this city. You know, as I reflected on adversity and what can feel very much as if restrictions have our hands tied at times, what we can do to be helpful, productive, loving at this time is not simply to feel sorry for those affected in so very many ways by this virus. Feeling something for someone doesn't actually help them unless that feeling then catalyzes action, 
help, compassion. Jesus showed us how to be compassionate time and time again. In the Bible, we see the Greek word for compassion here, splunknizomai. It refers to that need, that sense, that pit of your stomach being moved to action, inability to leave the situation as you found it without doing something about it type of feeling. The Hebrew word has another, uh, sorry, the Hebrew language has another word which is difficult to adequately translate into English. The Hebrew word hesed, it would be best translated to as a love which lasts beyond any sin or betrayal, always seeking to mend brokenness, a faithful love in action, a love which endures. It is that Hesed love mentioned in Psalm 103, verse 17, in But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love, or Hesed, is with those who fear him. As I was preparing this, I was reminded of the story of John the Baptist's death. John was Jesus's cousin, and he would have been very close to Jesus. In Jewish heritage, family is very important. And when Jesus learns of John's death in Matthew 14, he goes off alone. He retreats. He seeks out solitude. And yet people still come to him with their needs. And instead of turning them away, he's moved with compassion and he heals their sick. Something that I've noticed personally is that when I'm in the thick of grief, when I'm spent emotionally and when I just want to be by myself, and process and grieve and think and pray. That's not typically a time that I find myself in which I have a lot of reserve or margin. And it's not um, particularly able to cope as well as I normally would with the needs, particularly emotionally from other people. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should be pouring from an empty vessel or running yourself into the ground. But something somehow that Jesus was able to do was to look at others with pure love, look at their pain despite his own and not simply feel but do. Not simply feel for them in their pain but let that heart of compassion result in action, meeting their needs. And guys, I understand that sometimes this is one of those things that can seem so easily to be written off as, yeah, that's, that's great, but only Jesus could do that. Um, and, you know, very much I think that the task set before us is not just to feel for others, but to be moved by compassion into action. You know, a couple of weeks ago, John and I were sat in the living room and we heard a knock at the door. And neither of us were expecting anyone, so John cautiously and curiously headed to see who it was. And a lady stood at the end of our path, waving just to make sure that we had collected her delivery. You see, a couple of our friends had secretly arranged a delivery of local brownies and gelato. I cannot tell you <laughs> how much that act of kindness meant to us. We'd been having a particularly tricky week, and such a kind gesture had me in nearly instant tears. Tears of gratefulness, tears of emotional release. What a treat, you know. Tears that said, thank you for seeing us. Thank you for taking the initiative. 
it's such a truth, it's such an, a much needed time. So for us, in that moment, it was a need very much met. And help takes on so very many different forms at this time. You know, not everyone can help in the same way. We aren't meant to. We are unique members of this one body and some will be able to really devote themselves to prayer. Some will be able to lend help with support financially. Some will be able to help practically, arranging a prescription to be delivered, for example. Others will be able to give of their talents. Compassion may look like taking the extra minute or two to say hello to your neighbour and ask if they need anything, or popping a note through the door of the guy down the road who is a frontline worker to say thank you and that you're praying for them. Whatever your giving looks like, your helping, your doing, can I just encourage you to just do it? Don't second guess if they'll want it, if they'll need it, how it will all work out, wondering where to begin. Just go for it. Just take the leap. After this pandemic is over, maybe some of the people of this city will have logged on and listened to our sermons or live links, maybe even for the first time. But what is far more likely is that they will remember the impact that we as the whole vineyard had on them. When the chips were down, as it were, what did the local church do? Were they helpful? Did they meet the need? Did they love? This is our legacy. This is what Jesus did. And this is how we will transform this city, one heart at a time for Jesus. I'm just boasting with pride to be part of this church. A church that will not turn a blind eye or a deaf ear to this city groaning for Jesus, longing for hope, desperate for relief. We've been given hearts of compassion. So can I just encourage you to look up from the circumstances and the pain and the loss and see a city just waiting for us to help. Now, all of this is good and well, but maybe you find yourself listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know where I could possibly help. I'm struggling. I am neck deep in grief and loss and I need help. And if that's you, and I know that there are so many of you out there in this boat, please, please reach out. Please contact us for help. Tell someone, tell your home group leader. Just let us know how we can help you. We have always said that the local church also serves at a time as a hospital. And, you know, let us help you. Let us be there for you. You know, as a, as a kid, when I broke my arm, many times, sorry, mum, one of the things that I wanted, all that I wanted, in fact, was to be home where I was cared for and looked after and helped. So come home. Come let us help you. You are loved. You are remembered, especially at this time. John and I love all of you. And we are here for you and we always will be. So can I just encourage you in that to keep going, keep praying, keep seeing that heart of compassion and where God has you placed specifically to be able to work out his hands, his feet, his love for the city and beyond. And again, 
If you're in need in any way, please, please contact us. We will do our very best to help you. We love you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, let us know how you're getting on. If you're having any stories come about, anything that you're, you know, you've been praying, you've seen God work, and these are the stories coming out, please feel free to get contact with us. We, we love to hear the stories and hear what God is doing. Um, yes. So once again, thank you for coming. Bye.